0: Welcome to the November 30th edition. Well, we are recording this on November 30th. we will be released on, so I guess, the December 1st edition of the Zooch and Wild podcast. Zooch, how are the holidays, man? How was Thanksgiving?
1: It was good. I got some time off, enjoyed that, and then spent pretty much all day Friday and Saturday watching college football, one of the Boise State game. After that, I watched a little bit of... I thought Oregon
0: Oregon State was going to be a little bit better, but that ended up being it was a still blowout. out I was Saturday's with games him. are great, but <laughs> I was watching the Oregon State game with a buddy. Shout out, Amon. Uh, he's a big Beeves fan, and uh, it's honestly just been downhill from him, <laughs> downhill for him ever since that game. Because <laughs> as we will discuss, there are some things up there, wherever you are adjacent to Corvallis, in Corvallis, that's going pretty poorly. Or uh, hopeful, I guess, for Oregon State, if you spin it in a positive way. But there is unrest in Corvallis right now. But uh, there, there, we have a lot to get through in this episode. Uh, if you like the actual game breakdowns this week, uh, there's only going to be two because there's just so much scenarios, so many championships to cover, so much player and coach movement. This is, I mean, that's the college football, the part of it that I love. Like the 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 scenarios, the what the what ifs, like that's the game I will play all day. I will play that game till I'm broke. If playing the what if game is a gambling table in Vegas, I am going home in a Greyhound bus because I've <laughs> lost all my money. I will play the what if game all day. But uh before we talk about the what if game, uh something that's not a what if is Ryan Day losing three straight now to the Michigan Wolverines. We're gonna recap this game and Unlike years past, I've, I, this has been said a lot of other podcasts, but Ohio State didn't get out physical in this match. No, it was just one of those things where Michigan just truly was the better team. And I, I've said a lot of bad things about JJ McCarthy, but JJ McCarthy is fifty times the quarterback that Kyle McCord is right now. Yeah, very. <laughs> Kyle
1: McCord <laughs> had. The two interceptions were really, really bad. And it wasn't like, a, uh, like I kind of see what he was going for there. That first one, he just, I, you hardly ever see a slant route like that get. It was picked. bad. Like, not like you see him get picked off if someone steps in front of it, but he threw it right to like a cushion defender and it got picked. And then the one in the game was
0: not great either. It was not good. That wasn't good. Uh, Ibuka. Really good receiver for Ohio State. He had a couple drops in the game, which was surprising. Uh, this was a Michigan game, though. They ran the ball. J.J. McCarthy did what they had to do, and they won. Uh, I know a uh, butthurt Ohio State fans are going to talk about how that wasn't a touchdown at the end, and that was really interception. You can't overturn that call. I'm sorry. I also think this now evens out the Jabril Peppers, uh, J.T. Barrett, fourth and one stop from 2015. So now yeah. – it is. It's even now. It's even. It's if if he calls both ways. Uh, I wanted to. Did, did you see Urban Meyer before the game? On uh, were were you watching the Fox Big New Kickoff?
1: I my little brother was staying the night, so he was playing video. I was making breakfast, and he was playing video games. So I like had it on my iPad in the kitchen, but I was like.
0: Listening, but not really listening. Well, this man, Urban Meyer, was the most giddy and excited he's been all year. It was like he had 15 shots of five-hour energy. He couldn't wait to watch this game. This man, if you, this man, Urban Meyer, was more hyped for this game, then, then he will be for the national championship, I swear. And, and they, did you see they uh, put the X on Meyer, the red X, for no M. <laughs> But um, I I love what what I love about those pregame shows is I was going back and forth between the big noon and game day was watching Urban Meyer, Charles Woodson, Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard have to be like, well, you know, Michigan's really, really good and they run the ball really well. So I'm picking Michigan. I'm Desmond Howard. And like Kirk Herbstreet would be like, well, you know, Ohio State you know, they, they're they going to come up and Ohio State's going to win. It's like, why can't you guys just sack up and be like, I went to Ohio State. I'm picking them. They can be the worst <laughs> team in the nation. I'm going to pick Ohio State. I'm not going <laughs> to pick the arch rival like, like, Listening to Desmond Howard like explain why he's picking Michigan, like you could have spared me 40 seconds of my life, Desmond. Like just, yeah, just say, you're I, I want a Heisman at Michigan. I'm picking Michigan. And All I right. will be like, I respect that. I respect that. But it was a good game. You see, it was the highest rated Game of the year so far, nineteen million viewers. That you know, was
1: just the whole thing is was funny to me. Like I, part of me felt bad, but part of me couldn't quit laughing when they showed Ryan Day doing the walk of shame.
0: <laughs> <It was laughs> it <was> so bad. <laughs> they filmed him afterwards. It probably stayed on it like four seconds longer than, than it should have.
1: And it was just like you thought for a, like for a second, there when Michigan came out. Cause they came out in the second half and scored like immediately on that first mm-hmm. drive. And they I was like, oh, yeah. here, here we go again. They're going to win this game, like 38, 21 or something like that. Just kill them. But Ohio state kept it close, but I'm in the camp of, I honest to God think that if they don't beat Michigan next year, that they are going to
0: start looking elsewhere for a coach. I, th- I agree with you unless they make the national championship and win. I think that's the only thing that saves his job, other than beating Michigan. And even if I think so, let's say next year he loses to Michigan, but then makes it further than Michigan in the playoffs. Like he he makes it to the national championship okay, yeah. game. What's I think that team, saves yeah. His job. yeah, but I think that saves his job. But I, I don't think that shakes off the um uh, like the disdain. Like it's it's so weird how that rivalry is. Like, Alabama-Auburn, we're going to talk about that later. Like, Alabama-Auburn, and when they're good, like, they care about the Iron Bowl. But, like, you hear, like, Alabama fans at the end when they thought they were going to lose. They they were like, all right, well, on the SEC championship, like, you know, we have stuff to worry about. Like, that game, like, these people care. And I was texting you, poor uh, Big Ev, that guy, man. (laughs) I think I saw more of this guy I don't see in my timeline ever. And it's just – Everyone in the barstool versus random people online just screaming at Big Ev. So yeah, he's had a rough
1: three years since, yeah, but the shout Harbaugh big effect Ev. has taken over.
0: The yeah, shout out Big Ev, but um, uh, yeah, Ohio State will now kill Tulane in the <laughs> cotton bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so RIP whoever the group of five team has to play. Uh, uh the next big game, um. Ending of, play of the year, ending of the year. Yeah, it's the, I mean, that Iron, Iron cool. Bowl was, was pure Iron Bowl this year. So good. It, to me, doesn't overtake
1: the kick six because that was like a legitimate, that play ended uh, What Alabama was going for a three-peat that year, right?
0: Mm-hmm, undefeated that, and, two years in a row too.
1: Yeah, they were going for a three-peat that year. Auburn beats them. Ends up going. Ends up going to the national title game where they lose in the final seconds. This one is close though because I don't know if I've ever like. I mean, I'm sure I've seen like crate, like you've seen like hail marys and stuff like that. But everything in that play was perfect. It was a great throw from uh, Alabama. No row, a yeah. great
0: cat Like it was.
1: I don't know you, why you
0: only rushed two defenders though. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I think you have to rush three or four. Like, I hate that. I hate the uh, – yeah. oh, well. But it was it was such a good game to watch. I already had the Hugh Freeze hospital pick memes ready to be fired. <laughs> I wasn't able to use it, but it was okay anyway. I'll, I'll take that good game. Uh, I love we, – we got some great crying fans shot that game, though it was amazing the sorority girls in the in the they're doing like the swaying singing song after
1: the game well it made that so bad like if we had gone to auburn and we were at that game we would have been super hyped all right they're about to punt it back to us like we can get if we can get a first down this game's pretty much over you muff it you're like like then in the back of your head and i think you're the same way you're like okay I kind of want them to score quickly so we get the yep. ball back with like a little bit of <laughs> yep. time yep and then especially they when they
0: get down there yeah
1: yeah they snap the ball it goes all the way back nothing is going right and you're like all right four, uh, fourth and 31 you know like you have your phone out filming it and that's why I think you had so many good reactions to it is because that is like the last thing
0: you, like, might joke about it. Like, imagine they catch this right now. Like, what would you like? What would you say? You know, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the Boise State, Colorado State, because that's what I said before Colorado State got the Hail Mary. I, I, as the play was going, I was with my brother, I was like, it would just be total Boise State in this game to blow it right now <laughs> as the ball was midair, and I just fell to my knees. And that's how a lot of Auburn fans feel. But uh, it, it, it keeps Alabama in the playoff hunt. That's the main takeaway from this game. Yeah. It keeps them in the playoff hunt. Jalen Milrow is progressing. He's progressing very, very well. I think Jalen Milrow is playing himself into being a Heisman contender for next year. Playing mm-hmm. himself, there dare, dare I say, NFL prospect for next year if he continues on this ascension. I mean, there's been some bumps for him. You can prove like you can say if I'm wrong, or you can agree with this. There's been bumps, but I feel like it's always been like. We're always going up and then we're going to hit a bump and we're going to go up. And we hit the a bump bumps in this game where he yeah. alleged, like,
1: apparently has no idea where the line of scrimmage is. He will just like, throw oh, it's so ball. funny.
0: He did it three <laughs> times. He did it three times. <laughs> it was great. Uh, it was what an, what an excellent weekend of college football. The Oregon, Oregon State game was poo. But I mean, these two games were so incredible. Two incredible fan bases, two incredible stadiums, two incredible rivalries. It was great. It was so awesome. It would just remind me back to my childhood, man. Yeah, I mean, it really was. You know what else reminds me of my childhood? Uh, watching Bobby Petrino give a press conference bloody faced in a neck brace after he was caught on a motorcycle with his mistress. Now, why do you, th- now, why do I say that, Zooch? This man, Bobby Petrino, was just hired back at Arkansas by <laughs> Sam Pittman. What is going on here? This is, if, this is such the this is such a wrong move on so many levels. I love it though, and I'm so glad Arkansas was just like no, oh, he wins football games. He's the reason why you guys are in this pit of mediocrity in the first place, Arkansas. Right. I, I love it though. This is we. Uh, Bobby Petrino's back at Arkansas. <laughs> I will say with this, the picture of him on the
1: Bobby Petrino driving the motorcycle with Sam Pittman on the back. Has to stop <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> the AI image of yes. Sam Pittman and Bobby <laughs> <between>. stop. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, that was a great, that was a great image. But there's a lot of coaches and players on the move. The a uh, lot of the coaching vacancies have been getting filled. Mike Elko, now the coach at Texas AM. I like the hire. I do Um, yeah. although I would have liked the Mark Stoops hire, I think I like the Elko one a little bit more. But I think it gave us a glimpse, the whole, this whole Texas A&M, who's the coach, who isn't, a glimpse of what, what co- you've kind of been talking about, the, like, the Texas A&M mindset, where it's like all the fans there know they have the tools to win a natty and to win a ton of games, but they just haven't. So it's almost like they're arrogant for no reason, but then again, they're arrogant because they have a reason, because they have a money. But yeah, I just want to get your, your, your thoughts on that whole debacle, Mar- Mark Stoops, Mike Elko. The biggest thing I've taken out of
1: it is I don't understand these people who get mad at Texas A and M for like trying to like trying to win. Like they like I get the Jimbo Fisher contract was stupid, but would it like aren't teams like people complain all the time about like oh this school doesn't put forth the funds to like actually compete? They just take advantage of their fans. A and M is at least trying to do at least what they think is necessary to compete for the national title. And, well, I mean, maybe it works out. Maybe it doesn't. But just because it hasn't before doesn't mean you don't keep trying. Like, you shouldn't just be like, oh, well, we've never won a national – or we won a national title 80 years ago. So what's the point in trying? Because they they have, like we talked about before, good recruiting, good facilities, good fan base, good donors. So – who knows, maybe, I mean, Mike Elko really turned Duke around. So, another like, another good, another
0: interesting thing about Mike Elko is that his quarterback, Riley Leonard, who was one of the best QBs in the nation the first month of the year, then he had some hiccups and he got hurt. He's also entered the transfer portal, just so happened that Texas a current QB has left for North Carolina, so the QB jobs open at AM. Riley Leonard... I mean, I, I think that's just a perfect slide in. I, I think, and then you have to get Riley Leonard, just bring yeah. the Elko Leonard connection over. It'll be great. Uh, the other big fill was Jonathan Smith at a uh, filling in for Michigan state. I think that's a good hire for Michigan state. Um, I honestly think UCLA could have made the hire. I, th- I thought he was going to go to UCLA, but for some reason, UCLA won't fire the stale chip, uh, chip Kelly. So, uh, Jonathan Smith at Michigan State, and it has caused a ripple effect now at Oregon State that I think is going to be the more most brutal in the country in terms of oh, players. Yeah. Those right guys now.
1: are going to be. It, it, I mean, I saw sad. today DJ Ukulele. DJ... last name. Yeah. One of the schools he might go to is Oregon.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, like, it's going to be brutal. Have people transferring here art trifle. It's it, it, it's sad because it couldn't come out a worse time. You know, Oregon State has a ton of talent. And they had a good coach, and I, I think their new new coach now is really good. But it's just tough without all these players. You know, they were recruited to play Division One, like they they wanted to play Pac-12 football for a chance to go to New Year's Six bowl games easier than they would than the <laughs> path they're going to have next year through the Mountain West, probably. So right. it's going to be interesting. Also, there—this is just news I saw on my phone before the podcast. Their running back Damian Martinez, star running back, was just arrested on suspicion of a DUI. So things are not looking good in Corvallis right now. Uh, not good. <laughs> it was good. a good two-year run. I mean, I mean, they're 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 going to have a good time at the Holiday Bowl. Hopefully, there's no um uh, uh Joe Southwick in- incidents. At the, at the holiday full. But uh, uh, yeah, that's good. But there's a lot of other players transferring right now. Dante Moore, five star from UCLA, is transferring. Cam Ward, uh, who's a great quarterback, uh, Washington State. I definitely didn't say he was going to be a Heisman. Definitely didn't say that. Well, but, he's, uh,
1: I read about him what he has like yeah. multiple million dollar offers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like and then million,
1: multiple $1 million offers.
0: Yes. I mean, Matt rule comes out and straight up says like, I want to be up up front with you guys to get a good quarterback in the transfer portal right now. It costs, it'll cost you a few million bucks. Yeah. And he, he, he says to compete, he probably needs eight figures like to pool for like each of his, like starting each sides of the ball, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, he's pretty much saying, like, we need $20 million in invested in our starters to compete, which part of me likes. You know, I don't mind the transfer portal as much. I think the transfer portal is awesome. I think it's fun. I think it's exciting. Uh, I think when you mix the NIL and tampering with the transfer portal, I think that's where you have some issues. Yeah, and it's
1: – I mean, it's now that they've opened that Pandora's box, I don't see it going
0: I th- back, I think, I think really- the only the only way you could go back is you put caps on the tampering, like coaches, like if you get caught contacting a player or anyone around that player before a certain date, he- heavy sanctions. And then, I mean, it, it kind of stinks, but to save college football, you might have to turn college football more into the professionals or, you know, each conference goes, you can't spend more than, I don't know what's the number $50 million on your team per year. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, or like, but I don't know how you would do that because what if a kid's like, "All right, that's fine. I'll take ten million dollars from the NIL collective that like the alumni's put out, but then I'm going to do an Affleck commercial and then I'm going to do a Nike commercial." And I, I, I don't know how you you regulate it. I think at least how I would do it is you if if you take out the tampering, like the Cam Ward story, how schools have already reached out to him. I think that's BS. I think you have to make it so you cannot have any contact with the player, any contact around the player, till after the last week of the season. I, I think that's their only way out of this, and I don't think it's even going to pull them all the way out of this. Yeah, it's,
1: it's a tricky situation. I know I've seen some people say they want like politicians to get involved. No. That'll just make if it
0: you, worse. It'll make it. Make it also, worse. also, Tommy Tuberville will rig it for Auburn.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I was about to say, Tommy Tuberville is a senator in Alabama. Like, we cannot have this.
0: that man. Could you imagine Tommy Tuberville in the Senate going, "We need to stop the NIL. We need to like put a put put a cap on it." Except if you're a uh, uh, public university with less than twenty thousand students in the state of Alabama, then you can have. Uh, $1 billion NIL. <laughs> only one school fits that description. Exactly. Uh, that's so fun. But a lot of players, coaches on the move. I'm sure in the coming weeks, there'll be more big names and more to talk about. But uh, let's get in to what I really want to talk about. There are so many scenarios with the college football playoff next week with this championship weekend coming up. I'm so excited. I mean, what there's literally... What do you think? Seven teams that have a realistic shot or a realistic claim after I would, this? Weekend? I mean, even
1: Ohio State kinda has a shot. I mean, I don't they, think they'll get in,
0: but I mean, they could backdoor in. It would I think the only way Ohio State could backdoor in is if the funniest thing ever happened in Michigan lost. Yeah. <laughs> If Michigan lost, that would be the funniest thing ever. But there's a lot of scenarios, man. It's I, The one thing that I think is that in any scenario, you have to ask yourself, and this is kind of my philosophy, why do we play the games? Right. Like, why do we play the games? And what I mean by that is that I know it's the committee's job to, we're going to get the best four teams in no matter what. And I, I totally get that mindset. But then, why are we playing the season? Why aren't we just playing the season for fun? And then, you know, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State—they just get together and have their own little circle, circle poo party, and they all play for the national fart championship. Right. Like the games have to matter. Texas beating Alabama has to matter. If Florida State goes undefeated, it has to matter. I mean, like all of these things have to matter. And all of and that makes it interesting because there's some, there's going to be some teams that are going to be obviously more talented than teams that have better records than them.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, the, I, this is why I am happy they're going to a 12 team playoff because I do think that with a 12 team playoff, it's kind of like to me when you have like in the NCAA tournament, for example, when. You're like doing the uh, last four in or something. So yeah, sometimes there'll be a team like a mid-major team who's like 32 and four and they don't make it. And you're like, oh, you know, they probably should have made it. But like when Duke or North Carolina or whoever it is is like 18 and 13 and they don't make it in. Yeah, maybe they had somewhat of a case to make it in, but not really. Like, there's not really there's more of a case that they shouldn't have made it than they should have made it. And like in This one, like, if Alabama beats Georgia, it's really hard to make a case that Alabama shouldn't get in. But it's easy to make a case that Texas should get in over Alabama because they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Mm -hmm. And I know that that was early in the season, but it doesn't – like, I mean, if the Eagles and the Cowboys were both 14-2 and and the Eagles uh, beat the Cowboys twice in the regular season – it doesn't matter if the Cowboys have looked better recently. Like the Eagles are still going to be the one seed, and the mm-hmm. Cowboys are going to be a wild card. Like that's how it.
0: That's how my thought process works, works too. And it, it's it's interesting too because then you have a team in that scenario, like Georgia, who'd be going, "Hey, I know we don't have a championship, like a conference championship to our name, but our only loss this year is against a top." What 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 would Alabama be a top seven opponent? Yeah, the the only other one lost team would potentially be Oregon in that scenario. So then it's like, are you putting in Oregon over Georgia? Like, it's it, so many crazy things would happen. But then if FSU goes undefeated, uh. so many crazy things. And the the FSU thing, for better or for worse, and we're gonna talk about it more when we break down the ACC championship game, is that no one needs like. A thirty-point blowout win more than FSU. Like FSU yeah. cannot win close. It, it's going to stink. I, I have a feeling, and this is this is a gut feeling, that if Texas doesn't blow it, which means if Texas wins, it's going to either be or the Oregon or FSU that gets screwed. Even it's, if it's Oregon gonna, wins, I it, I think a one-loss or Oregon. I think Oregon right now is a better team than Washington. Although I think if Washington wins, they have zero chance of getting screwed. They've proven all year that they're undefeated. I think Oregon has a small chance of getting screwed in that scenario. And it's – who knows? And I I love how we talk about this. This could all just be solved if Georgia just beats Alabama. (laughs) If Georgia wins, Michigan
1: wins, Washington wins, and FSU wins, that's – he's probably going to be the four.
0: Exactly. I mean, even if Oregon wins, I, Oregon probably gets in over Texas. They, yeah. it, every, all of this craziness hinges on the Alabama-Georgia game. And I would say a little bit the FSU game. Because FSU yeah. is the fly in the ointment. They're the wh- white elephant right now. Like, no one really wants to address it. It's kind of like the, well, your resume says you're this. <laughs> But when I look at you, you're not that like your okay. resume says you are a, a plus like a plus student, 15 AP credits, you know, valedictorian. And then when I look at you, I'm going, man, like you're cheating on a lot of your tests, your, uh, you know, copying homework, you know, you look like crap. You don't do any right. extracurriculars. It's just the resume and the eye test look like two different things right now for Florida State. Yeah, agreed. 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 Well, let's let's break down this championship weekend, shall we? we? Can do it. All right. We're gonna try to go in chronological order. The Pac-12 championship down there in Las Vegas. I've gone back and forth on this, and I think I'm going to pick against Vegas. I think it'd just be fitting for the Pac-12 to get Washington in. And then Washington get their ass kicked, first round well, of the playoffs. That's what I think's is, is gonna happen. I have I I think Washington's gonna win.
1: This game is weird to me because the first game I think Washington was like a three and a half point favorite,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and now like I just looked a minute ago and they're a ten point underdog. And I get you know that first game was in Seattle was a home game for Washington, but not enough. Like Washington hasn't looked bad enough to me to justify a thir- two touchdown swing in I don't a game it. that they beat somebody like yeah I get Oregon like shoulda coulda woulda you didn't beat Washington the first time you played i like I, I think- mean I, I think Oregon is
0: pr- I would probably pick Oregon but I don't think they're gonna win by 10 points you know what's so interesting about the first matchup do you remember the probably the main reason Oregon lost that game was due to coaching decisions it was yeah. pretty evenly matched talent wise, but they got out coached in certain scenarios. So, this, this is going to be a game of has Oregon learned from its past mistakes? Has Dan Lanning learned? You know, I know he liked to stick to his guns, but there are some decisions that were, let's call it iffy because I don't I want to say they're bad, but they were 50 50 calls that if they go right, he's a genius and they went wrong and he was a loser. But has Dan Lanning learned in his young coaching career? His first conference championship game for I think both these coaches. I believe so. I Kalen as head coaches. Yeah, at yeah, least at these schools, was. Yeah,
1: because I don't know. If, no, I can remember Kalen, if he was the coach uh, at Fresno State when they played. No, us. that was
0: still that was uh, Tedford. Tedford. Okay, I think. I mean, Kalen might have been like on staff, but. No, you remember, Kalen DeBoer was the coach at Fresno the year, was probably was like their most talented year. They just – remember that they blew a game to Boise. Yeah, they, that, they, was they the to Bo- that was the fight year. That was the fight year, yeah, which we shouldn't blame Kalen for that. I mean, after the rumble, the rumble at the Valley Memorial Stadium happened. Uh, <laughs> Speaking
1: of the Fresno Bulldogs, that's a little off topic, I was talking to a person who's been on this podcast before, Cody. And we were talking about Fresno, and he told me that there is a gang called the Fresno Bulldogs who bark at police. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Am I kidding you?" He's like, "I've watched what is that show that used to come on like A and E, where the person Fly is PD? In, like... No, it's like the uh, it always has like the person in like the uh, gang or whatever, like way in the back, and their voices change, and you can't see their I face." Don't know. And he's like, they bark at authority. They bark at authority.
0: (laughs) Well, someone needs to get those uh, frat dudes in the polos from uh, Athens, Georgia, down to that gang. Because they also like barking at other people. (laughs) They do. But the, uh, yeah, this Pac-12 championship is going to be a great way to start the weekend. This is like the perfect appetizer game. You know, this is like, hey, you know, let's just have some fun. It's the last Pac-12 game. It's going to be flashy. Both like it's not the most like stressful game because the Pac-12 championship is a pretty new championship game, relatively to the other conferences. But I got Washington in this one. Uh, is it's it's gonna be fun? It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna write them down so we know who we picked. No, I got yeah. so I I I got Washington, and since we know the spread on this one, I will go not. Well, I, I guess if they win, they automatically cover. So that that answers my question. But uh, the next championship game, we have the Fighting Mike Gundy's of Oklahoma State versus the Salty Sarks, the Texas Longhorns. I, th- this I think game this. Is... I have
1: one comment on this game: either Oklahoma State's gonna win by like two, or lose like forty-eight <laughs> to ten.
0: Could not agree more. Could not agree more. I think if you, uh, this is gonna be a game where (laughs) Oklahoma State's going to be down by like 10 or something. And someone for Texas is going to make like a bone churning mistake. And they're going to have the shot of AT&T Stadium and Jerry World. And Quinn Ewers is going to look so confused and it's going to be shaking and they're going to pan to the Dr. Pepper student section, which that also is something we need to bring up. The Dr. Pepper Ball Challenge is gonna come back. <laughs> Remember, did didn't they have to ban the the push pass? Or yeah, because that... that one person did it the, one year and it was like, 50 everyone or 50. started doing it after that guy. Yeah, it was yeah. smart, but you no. Know, this this is gonna be a fun game too. The the Big Twelve Championships always a fun game. It's a fun conference, the Big Twelve. Yeah. And uh, what's what's awesome about this game is that did you see they have a WWE partnership this year? Yeah, they get CM a bell. P- the winner gets <laughs> a yeah. John Cena's <laughs> about to run out with the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, gonna maybe CM, yeah. CM Punk's gonna show up. Oh, Don
1: in the Oklahoma State year. Yeah, I'm. I think Texas is gonna win big in this game.
0: Oh man, I'm, I'm with you. But then I also see a scenario where Texas should lose by two, but then they get bailed out. Yeah. I'm also gonna go Texas. Yeah, that's such a reluctant pick, though. Uh
1: that's the one I feel uh, least confident me. To,
0: in. Yeah, convince me not to pick Texas, but I can't. Like, uh, maybe if it was Oklahoma, I'd feel a little bit more confident. If I'm being honest with you, uh, shout out Sooner Nation and Cody. Uh, they just lost their OC, though, which is kind of funny. He, oh, By uh, the way, speaking of Cody, told me Braden
1: Schrager or whatever, the Missouri running back, it should be top five in the Heisman.
0: <laughs> I'm speechless. For those of you who don't know, Braden Schrager is just a white running back from Mizzou who was D2 last year. And people who listen to this, you've seen Cody on. Cody loves to get attached to Juco, Division two FCS players that grind hard, and he, he, he gets attached to these guys because they're hard workers and they play hard. To say that Braden Schrager, and look, he's a good player. He deserves to be a starting running back in the SEC. To say he's a top-five Heisman finalist is to say, like, I'm an Olympic athlete. I mean, what are we – What? It's, it's just asinine, Cody. So disagree, big disagree right there. Braden, Braden Schrager? Top five? He's so,
1: it's just so funny talking to him because we were talking today about the games. I'm just And he's just like, he has five points he brings up anytime one of the games comes up. (laughs) With Michigan, it's, they have big offensive linemen, but if someone shuts down Blake Corum, Jake McCarthy, or J.J. McCarthy can't make the throws. (laughs) Yeah. Bo Nix, it's, and he, you can show him stats, he's like, Bo Nix every year it's gonna be a eighteen to ten touchdown and interception ratio guys like he's got like he thirty nine touchdowns, touchdowns and yet. two interceptions this year. he's been really really good and he's like when they play the SEC the Pac twelve doesn't know how to play defense when they play the <laughs> SEC I'm like all right Cody <laughs> keep oh, those keep just you know what you are steadfast in those beliefs
0: so. Well, that's actually a perfect segue into probably the most important championship game of this weekend, the SEC championship. This yep. is, is going to be a good one too, man. This is going to be a real, real good one.
1: Before we uh, get – okay, so we're seeing – it's the last SEC game on CBS, right? <laughs> so they'll probably have – a. I think kind of did a montage last week. But I think they're going to have another one specifically for this game. And I already know what plays they're going to show in this. They're going to have the one about a decade ago or so where Aaron Murray checks it down and they get stopped (laughs) at like the one-yard line. That one will be on there. Then they will steal – because technically it wasn't on their station. They will have the Tua pass to uh, Devontae Smith, right? That's who it was in the national Mm -hmm. title game on second and 26. They'll have the interception – from a couple years ago where they picked off Bryce Young. Those three will be shown multiple they'll show like a thing of Kirby Smart on the Alabama staff and mm-hmm. they'll talk about how Nick Saban is undefeated at uh whatever
0: what's the stadium name Mercedes-Benz Mercedes-Benz stadium. stadium, but they used to play at the George Dome. It's yeah. domed pro Atlanta stadiums. Right. <laughs> so
1: it's they will be hyping this thing and it does I mean it deserves the hype. It's a pretty huge It It honestly feels to me like, not that Alabama's going anywhere, but it might be a passing of the torch if Georgia wins again.
0: I think it'd be the passing and the torch of the sense that it's not Alabama so much like dropping out of the S tier or the A plus tier. It's just this game would be, because this is the last kind of monkey off the back for Georgia. They've beaten everyone else. They've won national championships. They've won SEC championships. What they haven't done is beat Alabama for an SEC championship since Kirby Smart's been there. And you can tell. You know how propaganda Kirby gets. You already know (laughs) that's what he's saying. He's saying, oh, we got no chance. Alabama's always beat us. You know Kirby's been telling those boys that. And I think both these teams teams are hungry. It's so rare in a game with teams of this high of ranking where both of them feel like they have something to prove. And I think that's what we have. I think it's going to come down to which streaky QB can have a good streak. Both of these QBs have played at times like all SEC candidates. Both these QBs have played at times like, oh, man, like how's like the backup looking? Like we're pretty talented and deep in our rosters. How's the backup looking? Is it going to be Carson Beck? Is it going to be Jalen Milrow? I. I mean, it's kind of a toss-up. I, I tend to lean a little bit Carson Beck. That's why I have Georgia winning in this game. I, th- I think it's going to be close throughout. And I, th- I think Georgia's defense is just going to start to suffocate at the end a little bit. And I think Carson Beck's going to make a couple plays on the Alabama secondary to get it done.
1: <clears throat> One of my favorites. I'm going with Alabama in this game. I just think that it's... You're rooting for Chaos.
0: I'm you're, you're, for chaos for chaos. a little bit,
1: But I also like felt a few weeks ago and I said it on here that I, I thought Alabama like people didn't believe in them at the time. It's like, you, you know, not that they wrote Alabama off as they're going to be seven and six, but most people didn't have Alabama in their playoff thing, especially after they lost to Texas. And I started watching. I'm like, hey, they're getting a little bit better. Like, you know, they weren't perfect at the end of the year. They're not or at the beginning of the year. They're not perfect now. But you are seeing the propaganda machine of both fan bases. Like You'll yep. see the Georgia fans tweet out the QB stats for each guy, but they yep. won't include the rushing stats for Jalen Milner.
0: Alabama will then tweet out, like you said, the Sabans undefeated in Athens. And, and they'll tweet out the uh, Saban versus uh, his assistants, but will totally disregard the fact that Kirby Smart's one of the assistants that beat him. <laughs> is, this, is, this is an amazing propaganda war that that will be going on in Atlanta. I've never experienced Atlanta in the SEC championship game. I would just love to go undercover, and I would just start poking bears. I, I feel like it's the easiest to get someone riled up at the SEC championship in Atlanta. <laughs>
1: There will be fights. There will be multiple. <laughs> there will be fights. Polos will be torn. Miller lights will be thrown.
0: It's coming. Columbia PFG shirts yeah. will be
1: ruined. The thing that they all wear on their sunglasses will be snatched. The sunglasses
0: snap will be snatched. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This this it, It's going to be a fun one, man. There was one more thing I was going to say about this game. What was, what was I going to say? I'm going to give myself a couple of seconds to think about it. It gets lost forever because i was gonna say something super funny about this game that i thought was interesting but i can't think of it right now so it'll just be lost in my brain forever but this game is gonna be awesome i got georgia you got bama let's see let's hope for chaos let's let's let's, let's hope for chaos speaking of chaos you in the plumber you in the plumber at louisville Is is he plumbing it up? I am also not. (laughs) Uh, FSU Louisville ACC championship game. Uh, I also, for some reason, find it funny that they play this at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, which is probably like the out of all the stadiums to play the ACC championship game. You know, this is just me. You know, I feel like they should have it at a different stadium, personally. I I feel like Bank of America. It's like the most centrally located. It's, yeah. But it's just a, it's just such a bland looking stadium. And I know Charlotte is. It's probably because Charlotte's the easiest to get to.
1: I think. Yeah. And it's like they can't do Atlanta, right? They I, they can't do Atlanta. You don't want to do like Tampa or Miami because that's way too close. Close to FSU or to the University of Miami. And there's not. I mean,
0: I think they get screwed because I, I think if they had Maryland. They could have done it at the Ravens Stadium, yeah. which I think is a much like more centrally located game. But I don't know. I, I for some reason in my head I feel like the ACC should be having their championship game at MetLife Stadium. Like I, I feel like that would be a way better option, option for the ACC. Yeah. But they don't even have Rutgers, so I don't know. This game I think is going to be like like I said before. FSU needs to win this game by a lot. Like, they need to not only win, they need to cover the spread. They probably need to cover the super spread. Like, this is a game they have to win by multiple touchdowns. Because, unfortunately for them, for better or for worse, and whether it's fair to them or not, they are fighting an uphill battle
1: to get try in. to get into the playoffs. Yeah. They're
0: fighting an uphill battle to get in. And I just think, yeah, I mean, as, as crappy as it is, they got a backup quarterback playing right now. I Maybe. Mean, yeah. And I'm.
1: I'm not even really feeling Louisville. I just think they might still – I'm not feeling FSC either. Yeah, like I might – I don't know. That's a hard one to pick because I really have not watched hardly any of Louisville. Like Even Saturday, I didn't really watch any of their game against The only Louisville game I've
0: watched is the Notre Dame game. Yeah, I did watch some of that. They blew them out. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's kind of clouding my vision a little bit is because I've really – the only game I've watched kind of start to finish for Louisville is that Notre Dame game. So I'm like, hey, maybe they can compete with the Big Dogs. But then, yeah, they just lost to Kentucky. Like, what are we – It's but then FSU plays Sunbelt Billy close. So I don't know. This is the championship game I'm kind of least looking forward to. But I feel like it's always those games that end up being the best because they just end up becoming like – Games that are so bad they're fun, and those are the games I love when I watch college football. Is the so bad they're fun games because no, it, it's such, uh, it's such a, what's the word I'm looking for, like pessimistic, kind of what, Freudian, is is that the word Freudian way of looking at the game, or yes. did I just completely get that word wrong? Like looking at it, look, viewing it sarcastically, yeah, like it's a, tr- like like it's a comedy of errors, like it's a tragedy but like a, a comedic tragedy <laughs> I feel like that, that, that's a good way to put the ACC championship a comedic tragedy <laughs> yeah it's oh. I mean that's a tragedy but
1: nothing is more of a tragedy than the Iowa Hawkeyes over under for first half points being <laughs> .5 dude the Big Ten championship
0: <laughs> did you see Kate McNamara the so if you guys don't know the uh, Cade McNamara, obviously the quarterback for Michigan two years ago when they first made the CFP, transfers to Iowa. He's playing for Iowa now, not the best ending and exit he had with Michigan. He was on a podcast referring to Michigan as the other team and how he's sharing all the information he can. One of the first replies was, Great, now Iowa will only lose by 24. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Iowa's yeah, I not winning
1: this game, they just. As much- they can't. I mean, they can't. If they even had like a offense that was not so great, I'd be like, oh, maybe, like maybe they can <clears throat> stop Michigan and squeak one out somehow. But they legitimately can't. It's all they can do to muster ten points against bad defenses.
0: It's pretty pathetic. And their most explosive playmaker, their punt returners, hurt. Cooper yeah. DeGene is hurt. He's not going to play in this game. Uh, this is going to be a funny game. I, I do think I was going to keep it closed for like a quarter and a half, and everyone's kind of going to be on their seat. And then right before half, Michigan's going to rip like 13 points off. Well, it's
1: one of those that you feel like <laughs> literally if Michigan goes up 14 to
0: nothing, the game's over. Because it will be. <laughs> Iowa can't come back more than 10 points. They are. Iowa, it, it, I mean, people make, have been making the Iowa-Pittsburgh Steelers jokes this year. They got the same colors. It's the same. That's the best comparison I can make for our pro football guys listening right now. Is Iowa this year has been the Steelers this year. They just win ugly. Their defense gets them in games. Every team they play somehow has like their F-up moment when they play them. It's just been funny. I was hoping that Nebraska would be in this position because just something about Matt the visual of Matt Rule when the final score of that game is like forty-nine to nine at the end of the game. But yeah, and then I think talking Michigan, about how
1: he's building the team.
0: Yeah, that guy, man. super super funny. But uh, yeah, I I think Michigan's gonna boat, boat race some. I I also think, unlike the ACC championship, I think Lucas Oil Stadium, great place to have a conference. It is. Yeah. Great. The visual at Lucas Oil at night. For some reason, that that lighting. Remember a few years ago at Lucas Oil when, uh, like, the turf got messed up and they just sent out that one poor guy in the Home Depot bucket to, like, scoop up all the pellets and, <laughs> like, <laughs> put them away? You can just tell that guy was sweating on national TV. I'm, I'm hoping for oh, yeah. that again. But, uh, yeah, Michigan. I think they're going to beat them. Do you think – okay, since we both kind of agree Michigan is going to whoop them, or we think they're going to whoop them, do you think Iowa hits their first half over? I was about to ask you if you thought Iowa was going to
1: get over 11 first downs. I, I don't think Iowa's scoring in the first half unless it's a broken play, but like a sustained. I think like they're going to get a broken play.
0: Here. I think they're going to get a broken play and kick a field goal. I think they're going to get over that 0.5. <laughs> I think they're going to do it.
1: I kind of want to place money on it just to like
0: give Feel myself something. a reason oh, to watch. That'll... <laughs> Placing money on the I was first half over 0. 0.5 will be the biggest rush you can get. Because either you're you're winning money quick or you are so locked in. Like you seriously, like you said, just need one busted play and you can kick a field goal. right? <laughs> ah, you'd that's... be praying
1: that like if they got to the 50 yard line, you're just like, 20 more yards, 20, even 15 more yards. Just give it
0: to me, please. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> funny. Um all right. This is not that that's it for the championship uh the P5 championships. Uh talk a little bit about the Boise State coaching scenario just for a couple minutes. There's been a lot of talk. Uh FBI agent Jeremiah Dickey has kept this so under wraps. I don't know where BSU is going to go with their coach, man.
1: I have no, I've never seen a coaching thing like it. Like Even like the – I don't even know if the list people threw out in the beginning of like <clears throat> different, like the Montana State guy and like Jeff Chode. I don't even know if those guys like actually got interviewed. Like I know people are like tracking the plane and all, but like don't you know. don't
0: like, – it's insane. That's also one of my favorite things about college football is the private plane tracker. <laughs> like I love that. Say what you will about fan bases. Like that is the good side of fandom that you have people like just sitting there punching numbers and tracking private jets. Yeah. Like, oh, the BSU private jet just touched down in the Santa Ana. And then someone's like, Oh, Kellen Moore's right there. And then I love this. Someone tweeted afterwards. He was like, Kellen lives in LA, not Orange County. Yeah, like an extra twenty minutes of driving. <laughs> Right. take like, care. Yeah, they weren't uh, going to
1: fly directly to his home. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. BSU's not, that doesn't have that money. We don't have a private helicopter. We only have right. the one jet. But, uh, yeah, I have no clue where they're going to go. It's interesting the whole Spencer Danielson situation because uh, he's been winning. And I think if he wins the Mount West Championship, it will be kind of odd to get a new coach and that's what makes me think that they already have their guy
1: yeah and i don't think it's danielson i think if it was him you would announce that like tomorrow
0: i think you would just for the extra juice and stuff and yeah i i think you would too i think in the perfect world it's an outside guy and you extend to danielson hey we, we understand you might want to go on to bigger and better things, but the defensive coordinator job at BSU is open for you next year. You can keep your staff if you want, except for, this is my one gripe, I, I hate, I truly hate doing this. I hate calling for someone's job. But Demario Warren has not lived up to the standard of all the other coaches to see at BSU. He coaches the two worst groups on the field, special teams. And secondary both of these areas, both of these units, have talent. Jalen Clark's a pretty good safety. Rodney Robinson was fine last year. Uh, we have the best kicker and punter in the Mountain West. There's no reason why they should be bad. But, yeah, I think Spencer Danielson, my, keeping his staff minus DeMario, I think should be an option for him. I, I think that would be the best scenario for everyone.
1: Well, if... And they also have to, like... <clears throat> I mean, shoot, if you're not Spencer Danielson and you're someone else on the staff and you don't know like even like Bush Hamden for example if they bring in an, a guy who wants to call a head coach who wants to call the plays like if it was like Cliff Kingsbury if they hired him he's gonna call the play so if you're Bush Hamden like yeah you're getting ready for this game but you're also wondering well Sunday morning am I gonna basically have to start looking for a new job like I don't you have no that's idea true. if it's not Danielson, like who. I think they're do- – like in one way they think it's helping the team by not announcing someone, but in <clears throat> that way I think it affects them too. And maybe he's yeah. – maybe they have told Danielson the job is yours and he's just not saying anything. He's waiting until
0: I, I after think the game Spencer,
1: Saturday or something.
0: I, I, I think Spencer Danielson knows who the future coach of BSU will be. And that's just me thinking. That's just a guess. I don't know that. I just – like you said – it's hard to get at least a coaching staff on board. I think players, you can kind of leave in the dark a little bit longer, but I I think either right before the championship game or right after the championship game, they're going to tell those players, Hey, here's either your new coach, who's your interim, or here's a new coach and here's the deal. And I, I think Spence, if there's anyone who knows it's Spencer Danielson, he knows whether, he's going to be the coach next year. Cause like you said, I think he needs to at least tell the staff, Hey, here's the scenario. So you're not stressing over it because even if these, if you have to think of it this way too, it's the last thing I'll say, even if like coaches change, like the players know that no matter what happens, they're locked in at BSU for four years, scholarship taken care of, no matter what the coaching is, the coaches is different. Like, Right. A, a lot of these guys have just come to Boise in the last couple of yeah. years and they might be stressing over job security. So I don't know. It's going to be really, this is going to be, it'll be a really telling next week for uh, BSU with to see how the new coach affects transfers yeah. going out, how, how it affects transfers coming into BSU. It'll be interesting.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you can't wait any longer than Sunday. Like you Sunday, you have to announce somebody because that portal opens up Monday and yeah, I'm like, if I was a coach and I didn't even know if I was going to be somewhere, like, if I was started getting calls from other, like, you have other coaches getting hired at places that are going to start assembling their staff. Like, if you're whoever, even if you're Spencer Danielson and they have, for some reason, I haven't said anything to you, and Oregon State calls or Jonathan Smith, uh, knows Michigan that State done, says, Yeah, we, like, we hey, come be our defensive yeah, because he as DC didn't come with him. He's at he stayed at Oregon State. He's a head coach now, so I don't know. Like you, can, I get the waiting until after the game, but I also think that you don't like it. Might not be the best idea to do that if you have someone in mind. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a win-win lose-lose because if you tell the team before the game and it's like. Not who, like, if you're a player and it's not who you wanted, you're kind of like, oh, man, that stinks. And then you're kind of thinking the whole game, oh, do I transfer? And then if they announce, like, someone like, oh, this is someone I wanted, I'm juiced up right now. I'm going to give it my all and win this game and be amazing. Right. Also, I will say, if Boise State wins the Mountain West, we are on a collision course with destiny. If Boise State wins this game, people... It'll be Boise State versus the California Golden Bears. I cannot stress how awesome that is. That is my Magnum opus. Cal Neal versus match. Boise.
1: Uh Jeremiah Dick tells Sinter Danielson. All right, you won this game. And but if you lose to Cal, we're revoking the offer of head coach. We're taking it away.
0: <laughs> Jeff Wilcox. I uh oh, well, some people
1: have said he's fun. interviewed here. Jeff Wilcox? Yeah, Justin Wilcox. Yeah,
0: he interviewed for the
1: Boise job. That's what some people are saying. No one has any idea, so I don't like. I like I said, I've never it, seen there, anything that's like. Even as, it's weird because I get
0: it. It has been. It's it's been too quiet, man.
1: Yeah, it's like I get here if things don't break. Like Jeremiah Dickey's kind of in control of, of it here, but really, there's no one else in like these other camps who are like. Oh, like yeah, like you know. My brother-in-law interviewed for the Boise State job, and like, like, just says it to his friends at work because, like, I, there's no way, like, if I was, coaching, right, more friends and stuff, I would tell you, like, oh, I got, I'm interviewing for the Boise State job, like, even if I was, coaching at, like, UAB, you're on
0: ND. Even if you're on NDA? Yeah, I would be like,
1: please don't tell anyone. But, like, close friends, I would absolutely be like, like, I wouldn't put it into a a big group chat where some people I might not know as well. But, like, certain people I'd be like, hey, I'm interviewing. Please don't say anything because I could lose the job if you do say anything. But, like, I'll let you know how it goes. Like, I'll let you know if I'm going to get it or not. But I don't even, like, I don't even think. He's told like I don't know. he's probably has said like keep it keep it under wraps. But
0: I think they know who they want to hire.
1: Yeah, they know who they want to hire. And like, is that enough? If it is, like Kellen Moore, right? And if it's Nick Kellen Moore, it
0: I'm gonna be look. I because lo- I made a comment last week that I I said on this podcast, and I'm fully prepared for the backlash. That I said there was a zero percent chance of Kellen Moore getting hired. I, I, I think I said. I would like do so I I hope I said I, I would do something I hope I didn't say I was gonna do something <laughs> stupid, but I said there's gonna be zero percent chance. If it happens, I'll be the first one to eat the crow. But honestly, it's stuff like this too that like makes me nervous that Jeremiah Dickey could get poached from another big time college. Because yeah. I, I I honestly think he's a top ten AD in the country. He's and we need to like I mean, I, I'm just saying this right now. We have maybe five, six more years with JD, if I'm being honest with you.
1: Yeah, he's gonna
0: get. I could totally see him working at like an Arkansas or an Ole Miss or a Mississippi State or Texas. Like, yeah, just going.
1: The there guy, the and... guy, the
0: guy, the guy knows what he's doing, and right. it's been really awesome following him. He's he's honestly been like the bright spot this year for football. Just watching exactly. Jeremiah Dickey on uh, what what is it a PPR control this this whole year, but uh yeah, that's that. That was a lot. That was a lot of fun. Let's uh, get to the meme matchup of the week. Um, meme matchup. I guess there's not... I, I, I had to get a little... Uh, little uh, what's the word? Unique with my meme matchup this Mine's week.
1: Mine's unique too, but we already talked about it. What is it? Mine is Iowa versus the first half over.
0: <laughs> Iowa versus the first half over. And you... Yeah. You don't think they're going to score. I don't think they're going I I to score. Them. I think they're going to score. I, I, I think they're going to score. I think they're going to score three points. All right. Now... For my meme matchup, I could have gone two things. I could have done uh, Coach Prime versus uh, Public Perception, as Coach Prime was voted uh, Sportsman of the Year by Sports Illustrated.
1: Was it a real um, right? Have you seen speaking of Sports yes, Illustrated? Yes, yes. Was it a real the writer? AI writers? Yes, yeah. big
0: big J's across Twitter were furious. The big J's across Twitter were furious, but uh, you know who was the first, the the, the quickest quote tweet of uh dion winning sportsman of the year was danny cannell that guy right. <laughs> that guy responds to everything about coach prime and look man i don't i think coach prime say what you will about him man like he's he just seems like a great person honestly i i, I think that whether he's a good coach or not time will tell there was no one preying on colorado and dion's downfall more than danny cannell and that guy
1: I really I think know. that comes back to, like, Dion like making comments about FSU, like when the people were like, "Oh, you're a oh, Seminole," and he's like, "No, I'm a. I went to like Jacksonville State or whatever it yeah. is." He said that he went to.
0: Oh, it, it's a hundred percent that it's a hundred percent Danny Cannell being salty that he did turn down the FSU job. It's a hundred percent that. But my meme matchup of the week is uh, Diego Wild. Versus the Transbay Tube. Um, yeah, so I was at work yesterday, Wednesday, working in the city of San Francisco. And uh, was actually got off a little early. I got my, my work done early. A little story time here. Uh, got my work done early, uh, right at 5, which usually d- doesn't happen. Uh, go down to the BART station. And the trains are delayed for a little bit. And BART is like the Bay Area subway. It's like the Bay Area regional transit kind of subway. And the Trans Bay tube is the tube that BART runs through all their lines that connects the East Bay. So like Oakland and the Oakland suburbs where I live, uh, the Oakland suburbs, Livermore, to the city in the peninsula. Um, yeah, so I'm waiting there. And then people are getting off trains. People are going, yeah, it's shut down. I'm wondering what the heck's going on. Turns out someone ran into the Trans Bay tube. They ra- they ran into the Transbay tube shut down the entirety of BART coming into San Francisco and out of San Francisco for about 2 hours I was hanging out I was so dejected and here's why I was dejected because I thought I outsmarted everyone I thought I outsmarted everyone and I was going to go oh I'm just going to go to the ferry. I'm going to take a ferry across the bay because the bay also has ferry services that run from San Francisco to Oakland. It's very easy to hop on. It's the same payment system. Uh, There's no reservations needed. I'm like, I'm going to take a ferry to Oakland because I know the Oakland ferry station is in walking distance of the BART station. So I'm just going to take a ferry over. I get to the ferry station. It is probably a half mile long line to get onto this ferry. At that point, I walk back up to my office. I'm so dejected. Crack open a diet, Dr. Pepper. Look <laughs> at all my like coworkers who I was like, oh, I got off early today. I ended up, I, I was the last one out of the office on Wednesday. Just, just <laughs> sitting there refreshing Bart updates. To make matters worse, as I'm going down, when BART's finally reopened, I get into the elevator, go down, walk onto Market Street, look down, my fly is wide open. <laughs> Just an absolute storybook ending. Storybook <laughs> ending. Don't get home till like eight. I'm pissed off. Yeah, it was just a. It was a fun. It was yeah. It was it was a fun venture, which is so weird. I I, I haven't. I've been working hybrid in the city for about a year now, and I haven't had a, a really any major problems with with Bart. This was the main one because some crazy guy decided to run into the Transbay Tube. I don't know where he was. First of all, it's like multiple miles in between San Francisco and Oakland. So I don't know how far this guy ran in.
1: But... He got he got that Bleacher report update that Chip Kelly was staying. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> was, yeah. Yes, he was protesting that Chip Kelly is staying. Oh yeah. Yeah that that that's funny. Yeah, but that's my meme matchup of the week. Uh yeah, hopefully I don't have a situation like that at BART again. But yeah, it doesn't sound fun. Happens to the best of us, man. Happens to the best of us. But uh, the last segment we're going to do, we've been doing it for the last couple of weeks now. Final playoff predictions. Zuch, what do you think? Okay. Is, who is what scene going to be? Michigan. Michigan. Because you have Bama, lose, Bama winning. Yes. I think Bama loses. So I have Georgia. Number one, Georgia. Number one, excuse me. Number two,
1: number two. I I oh, go ahead. I have the Michigan Wolverines at number two. Michigan at number two. My number two is going to be the Oregon Ducks. Whoa, you think think a one
0: lost Oregon jumps in Michigan? Or, sorry, but. Michi- oh, no, Michigan. Oh, Michigan's one. Your your scenario has. Oh my gosh, I'm so screwed up because you are in chaos scenario. Yeah. Okay. I have the
1: Alabama winning, so I have one Michigan, two Oregon. Okay. So I
0: have one Georgia. There's there's so many scenarios going on in my brain. I'm sorry. You know, I, I have one Georgia, two Michigan. I got number three, the Washington Huskies. Three, Washington. three to Washington Huskies because I have Washington winning the Pac-12. Okay. Nine no, number three is Alabama. Number three is Alabama? Okay. My number four is going to piss a lot of people off. I think FSU sneaks in. Undefeated SEC, Texas gets screwed. I think Texas is going to end up being the team that gets screwed. I think yeah, Texas, Texas is five, and I think FSU is number four. I think FSU is going to lose to Georgia by 15,000 points.
1: <laughs> Georgia just fits a snack down So I'm going to make a little bit of a <clears throat> change to my earlier predictions. And I'm going to say Oklahoma State is going to somehow pull it off against Texas. So I have, basically, I have Oklahoma, I have Alabama, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and uh, Oregon winning the four powerful. Uh, and I have a Louisville too. Okay. Winning. So my number four is Georgia. That makes sense.
0: Let makes sense. But and So I then think you even would if you a FSU, Georgia Alabama rematch, you'd have a Georgia Alabama. No, rematch. no,
1: no, because I have Alabama at three. Oh,
0: like, so you'd have a Michigan, Georgia George, first. Oh,
1: Michigan, Michigan, Georgia. Does
0: want that. Michigan does not want that at all. <laughs> and I think oh. I
1: mean I the Texas is the one that could I could have I've gone back and forth really on that one because I do think Texas should win, but they have been in this scenario before where they need to like win, like win this and you're going to be good. Like maybe not make the playoff, but do this. So I'm, I've gone back and forth, but I think that fourth spot is going to be either Texas or Georgia. Okay. And I honest to God think that if – even if FSE won, that Georgia might get that fourth spot over FSEO.
0: Yeah, I, I I I could totally see that happening. I mean, that's 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 a great part of this weekend, though, is that there's so many scenarios. There's not really like a singular like, oh, this is obviously what's going to happen, because there there could be like our two scenarios that we predicted could like blend into a scenario where maybe Bama wins, but then Texas wins, and then it gets like completely right. crazy.
1: Well, you could have like, like, I mean, it would be. There could be it, some like for the last year, though. Or team playoff like if you had somehow a scenario where you have like Alabama playing Michigan like two of the most if not the most storied programs in the history of the sport playing against each other in a playoff format that would be sick you could have you know Georgia who's ruled over the SEC for the past couple years against Michigan who's ruled over the Big Ten and have you know that like it would be like, I mean, that like people give the Pac 12 crap. Last time the Big Ten won a national title was the first year of the playoff.
0: Yeah, when I was, can't even. What was the last time? And I love how the Big Ten talks. When's the last time a Big Ten team not named Ohio State won a playoff game? None
1: of them, or none of them ever. Yeah, never. They usually <laughs> like every time they get in in the first round, they play Alabama, like what's not Wisconsin, Michigan State did. Or TCU, like, yeah. <laughs> like Michigan State lost like thirty eight to nothing. Did Wisconsin make a playoff or no? I can't
0: remember. No, no. God, God, could you imagine? Maybe Graham hurts up, in a playoff.
1: It was Iowa and Michigan State played the year right? Took, and the winner, uh, Michigan State played Alabama yeah. and lost like thirty eight nothing. Which
0: I will say that's the year where because that was two thousand fifteen, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. I believe so. That was the year where I think Stanford had two losses. And that was a year that it was obvious that Stanford was the fourth-best team in the country. Yeah. They were ranked number six because they had a, – a, they, they, I think they – or did they only have one loss? Did they have one or two losses? I'll, I'll look it up because they played Iowa in the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah, and they killed them. And then everyone was like, y- you would have loved to see Stanford instead of Michigan I know, State. And that was That was the McCafferty-Stanford team, and they had like four – Pro offensive linemen or five pro offensive linemen. Like okay, so it was
1: yeah, it was 2016. Stanford was 11 and two coming into the game. Iowa was 12 and one, and Stanford was up 35 nothing at halftime. But they (laughs) lost to at Northwestern to start the season by 10 somehow, and then they lost to
0: Oregon at home by two. It was the Northwestern loss that kept them out. Yeah. I was in Northwestern last I kept him out, but yeah, that was the obvious year that Stanford. But even was the Northwestern
1: team. that year was ten and three, so like that one wasn't a.
0: No, it, it 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 seriously was. I remember that year, like the whole being like, well, if you say you're just gonna let the four best teams in, like Stanford's obviously like. A be- I mean, I'm West Coast biased, and because I was listening to a lot of West Coast media, I, I don't know what the rest of the country was saying, but it was like Stanford's obviously the. A, better than Iowa in Michigan, which is why it delighted me the surprise. Like I, Iowa walked in that game so cocky and they looked like they had never seen a forward pass thrown in their life. I remember <laughs> just laughing when Christian McCaffrey you remember the juke move he put on the putt return? Yeah <laughs> it they, just
1: slips. They killed them. It was I'm
0: trying to see what do you remember the uh, quarterback for Stanford in that game? All-time college football legend. Was it Kevin? H- it wasn't
1: Kevin Hogan, was it?
0: It was Kevin Hogan.
1: Was it? <laughs> yeah. So that, this was the year that it was, yeah, Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama, Michigan State. And Clemson killed Oklahoma, and Alabama killed Michigan State.
0: I would have loved to see Stanford be in instead of Michigan State that year, but we can only hope for Could you imagine Stanford? It's just—it's crazy looking back and being like, man, some of like the twelve teams in years past like could have been insane. Like some of the teams that were good in those years, and that's what I'm excited for in the future.
1: We have to get ready too because I'm looking back through these playoff games, and you had—and this is year by year. I'll make it quick. You had Oregon beat FSU by thirty, and Ohio State beat Alabama by seven. Then the games the, have been really bad. They're like really yeah. bad games. The next year it was a twenty-point win and a thirty-eight-point win. Then you had a seventeen-point win and a thirty-one-point win. <laughs> and you had an eighteen-point win and a that was that one was great though the Georgia Oklahoma Rose Bowl game.
0: Watching that with leader of Sooner Nation Cody in <laughs> live, <laughs> most dejected I've, I've ever seen the man. And usually, <laughs> usually when Cody, like, they lose a game, you know how we do, like, the back and forth. Like, we talk, like, we should have done this. We should have done this. And it's, like, angry. Cody, he just takes his hat off. Surrender, Cobra.
1: <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. But, yeah, right. I'm looking forward to the games this weekend. It's, I mean, after this, we just have bowl season, which... Bowl season. I like bowl season. I liked it a lot more as a kid whenever, like, you're out of school and stuff. So you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll watch, you know. The Gasparilla Bowl. Gasparilla like, Bowl because I don't have school tomorrow. Or, like, you wake up on, like, a, like Wednesday, like, December 22nd, and you're like, oh, sweet. There's, like, there's football on right now, and I don't, yeah. like, really care who wins. I'm just going to, like, watch this to, like, find out to, like, see whoever
0: UAB play whoever. Bowl season is good for like young fans to be like, oh, like that team exists. It, it, it like builds the sicko fan. Uh, yeah. So, next episode will be a bowl spectacular episode. Obviously, we'll be having the, the recaps of the conference championship. Uh, but it'll be mainly a bowl spectacular episode. The next episode, um, also, uh, announcement, uh, more settled down pod wise. Next Wednesday is that Sean? Tell us, give us a thumbs up. Is it December 6th? All right, sweet. It is December sixth. We are be doing the one year of the settle down media um, people from all of all the podcasts. So that's me and Zooch, Sean, uh, the fellas at In the End Zone, uh, the good old Hockey Time podcast, as well as Cody. Uh, and uh, he actually just announced uh, this week his new fishing pod, fishing and outdoors podcast. So uh, it's, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be everyone. It it might be a shit show, just a heads up. Um, it's also live. Live mic. So, uh, yeah. We're uh, live. So um, We
1: might need that 10-second delay. <clears throat> or something yeah, like yeah. That. We
0: might. Not me. Not me. I no. don't need the 10-second no. delay. Knock on wood. I just jinxed myself. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to. Okay. Um, yeah. We're the, but we're doing the Settle Down tenth uh, one-year anniversary next week. It's, it's, it's going to be awesome. We're going to do some awards. So talking about what the future holds with the, with the podcast or each podcast and some other fun segments. So make sure to tune in next week. Zooch, anything else, man?
1: I don't think so. I'm just looking forward to the games. Interested to see some of these bowl matchups to figure out which ones I'm hearing rumblings of an Iowa Ole Miss (laughs) matchup.
0: Oh, in the citrus bowl In the citrus bowl, which will be, that would be
1: fantastic.
0: That would be, that would be awesome. Well, We're going to end the episode on that. Everyone say your prayers for the Iowa Ole Miss matchup in the Citrus Bowl. Godspeed, everyone. Enjoy the games. And we will be here recording in your earphones or your speakers, however you listen, next week. Peace out.